Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Furley Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I had to drop in because, (laughs) you know, I got to know, I got to know, I got to know. Really, I think my question is going to be, who are you listening to and who are who's leading you who are you listening to and who's leading you you know we're going to get back we're going to get ready to start our podcast here in one second one minute and one moment but before we do you already know you already know you already know what we're going to do excuse me for that noise but I'm changing my rooms We're going to pray before we start um, our message. So, Father God, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, Lord God. Father, we ask that the spirit of truth will reveal to us your truth, Father God, um, that you will open our ears so that we can hear, that you would open our eyes so that we can see, um, Father God, that you would open our hearts so we can receive and so we can believe. And we thank you for a rhema word, Father God. We thank you for anointing my lips of clay, Father God. So as I open my mouth, Lord God, I yield my members to you and I say, speak through me, Holy Spirit. Use me however you see fit. And I thank you for souls being saved and people being delivered and set free, Father, for your word. You sent your word and you healed them, Father. We thank you that the word of God is the power of God, Father God, and and has the ability to destroy and break every yoke, every bondage, every mindset, stronghold right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, yes, yes, yes. I need to know who are you listening to and who are you following? Because how many of you know that the voice you listen to will definitely be the voice that leads you? I want to start with Romans um, 8. I want to start with Romans 8. Um, Romans 8 and let's see. Romans 8 and 5. Let's start at Romans 8 and 5. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature... Think about sinful things. I'm reading the NLT version. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit thinks about things that pleases the Spirit. So my question to you again is, who are you listening to? Are you being controlled by the Holy Spirit? Or are you being controlled by what our, what our sinful flesh want, our sinful nature want? You know, the Word of God tells us that the Spirit is willing, but it's our flesh this week. How many of you know that? How many of you know that the spirit, which when we become born again, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and once we become born again, our spirit is going to want to do the right thing. That's if we're born again. It's going to want to do the right thing. And it should be a conflict with the flesh because the war is between the flesh and the spirit. Because the spirit, when your spirit belongs to God, you should we should feel some type of conviction because the word of God tells us and teaches us that he chastised those that he loved. In other words, you shouldn't, you should, before you accept Christ, you didn't feel anything about it any certain way. But then when you accept Christ, now you're starting to feel kind of funny. You're starting to feel like something kind of wrong with what you're doing. Well, that's a sign. That's a good sign that lets you know that you have the spirit of the living God inside of you. Once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you shouldn't be able to just say what you want to say, do what you want to do and feel okay about it. When you got unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart and hate in your heart, you should feel that. That should bother you. Whereas before you can do those things and it not be a problem. You shouldn't be able to cuss people out and just treat people opposite to how God treats them and feel okay with it. Not if you have the spirit of God inside of you, there should be some type of conviction because the Bible says God chastised those that he loved. And those who are without chastisement are bastards and they're not his. This is what the word says. So do you feel convicted when you're, when, when our lifestyle is contrary to who God is, we shall feel some type of conviction. That's a sign to let you know that God is your father. He chastised those that he loved and those who are without chastisement are bastards. In other words, there's none of his. Now we're all God's children, but we're not all God's creation. Hold on, wait a minute. 
Now you know that there's no condemnation in this. Matter of fact, Romans 8 and 1 tells us, so now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Jesus Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the living spirit of God has, has freed you from the power of sin and, uh, and leads that leads to death. Now, if you have the spirit of God inside of you, there should be no condemnation anywhere around you. And if pre-adventure say um, you have accepted Christ and you're feeling some type of condemnation, um, we just simply repent of it, Father, because he said if we confess our faults one to another, uh, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So we just simply say, Father, we're sorry. Okay. But if you don't have the spirit of God on the inside of you, you are going to, you are, we are all guilty. When we didn't accept Jesus Christ, we was all condemned. We was condemned to hell because that's what sends people to hell, not accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's the, that's the sin that's going to send us to hell. Not accepting Jesus Christ. So when we don't have a relate, when we have not accepted Jesus Christ, condemnation is going to definitely be in our life. Okay, but hold on, wait a minute. Now you know you don't have to go nowhere because before we finish, we gonna get this right. Okay, um, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, say, Lord, save me. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ did die and that He rose and He is the Son of God. And you shall be saved for it's with the mouth that we confess, but it's with the heart that we're saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10, right? So here we're going to go back and finish up at five. We're going to go back to uh, six. Okay, so five says that those who are dominated by their sinful nature, okay, that the, the flesh nature, the nature that wants the, the nature that lives, wants to live contrary to what God says, um, they're control, they're, uh, they think about sinful things. They think about, they're not thinking about Christ's things. They're not thinking about what would Jesus do. They're just thinking about what do I want to do? That's when we're controlled by the sinful nature. Okay. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. In other words, when my life is spirit led, I'm thinking about, Lord, how can I please you? I'm thinking about, I don't want to cuss that person because they cuss me because that's not going to be pleasing to my father. You see, I don't want to be controlled by what my flesh want. I don't want to be controlled by, uh, I don't want to do what I just want to want to do. I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. And the Bible tells us later on in Romans that those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So who you walking with and who you listening to? Who's leading you and, who's you and who are you listening to? So here we go. Verse six. So letting your sinful nature or the flesh nature control your mind leads to death. So this is why we have to renew our mind, because if we don't renew our mind, our body is definitely going to do what the mind tell it to. So um, Romans 12, one and two tells us to present our body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And be ye not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed, transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. So that tells me that we have to change our mindset to change where we're at. We have to change our mindset to change our actions and our reactions, right? We have to put on the mind of Christ to live Christ-like. And this is the problem and this is the conflict. So when we accept Jesus Christ and we try to live a lifestyle contrary to him, it's going to be a miserable life. Because what we're doing is we're living a life that's in rebellion towards him. Because the spirit is willing. It's the flesh that's weak. And so you're miserable because as a, now if you have accepted Christ and you're still trying to live the carnal life or you're trying to still do what your flesh want, you can't figure out why you're so miserable. Well, you're miserable because you're in rebellion. And when we're in rebellion, we're, got, we're always going to have that conflict. We're going to always have that conflict. It's that inner conflict. God is trying to pull you one way, but your flesh, our old nature wants to pull us another way. That Adamic nature, that nature that was born into sin. This is why we have to be born again, because we was born into sin. And pre-adventure to what everyone wants to believe, everyone's not going to heaven. There is a hell. But my prayer is before we end this podcast, that we will all have our reservations to heaven. We, we've got life insurance but I need to know, do we have some fire insurance? Do we have some fire insurance? When you leave this place, everybody's not going to heaven. 
every if we if we do not accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're not going to have eternal life. We're not going to be with him. What if I'm right and you wrong? Someone may say, well, I don't believe that, but I'm going to tell you, what if I'm right and you wrong? Okay. Okay. So let me finish here. So, um, so letting, uh, verse six, so letting your sinful nature control your mind, it's just going to lead to death. Okay. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So we want peace. And if we want eternal life, um, we're going to have to be led by the spirit of the Lord. In other words, I'm going to have to give up my way for God's way. I'm going to have to give up the wrong way for the right way. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. So in other words, if I want what God wants, I'm not going to have to be willing to do what God wants. I can't have it both ways. We got to pick a side. Jesus said we either hot or we cold because if we're lukewarm, he's going to spew us out of our mouths. We can't have it both ways. Who are you listening to? And who are you following? That's my question. Okay, so verse seven says, but letting the spirit controls your mind leads to life and peace. So we don't have peace. That's because we're not being letting the Holy Spirit lead us. If we want peace, Jesus said we have to keep our minds stayed on him because in this world, he tells us, he said, we're going to have some trouble. Okay, y'all, we're going to have some trouble. Whether you love Jesus or don't, know, know him or not know him. It's going to rain upon the just as well as unjust. But the difference is that as a born again believer, if I'm telling you, I'm telling, I'm testifying to you what I know to be true. Okay, I've been talking about the, I've been saved for 30 some years and I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If it had not been for the grace of God, I would. Uh, there are some things I went through that I felt like I could have lost my mind. Betrayal, which I mean, just all kinds of demonic activity. But the thing that kept me in place was that my soul was anchored in the Lord and my faith was in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that we've all been through some terrible things in life, Right. But I'm telling you, no matter what's going on around you, that if you'll keep your mind stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ, he will help you to go through those storms and be at peace and have still have peace in your life. In other words, everything around you can be in an uproar. But on the inside, I'm telling you that peace, he, he promised to give us peace that passes all understanding. But in order to experience real peace, I'm talking about the peace that comes from God, the, the peace that passes all natural understanding, the peace that you can't even figure out. How am I so peaceful when everything around me is going in haywire? That's the peace that passes all understanding that the word of God tells us that we get when we uh, pray to him and make our supplications and prayers known unto him. When he said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer with supplication and thanksgiving, just let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will cover your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's the peace I'm talking about. I'm telling you, I know about that peace. I'm telling you, I'm familiar about with that peace. I'm telling you that that peace is real. The peace of God is real. I'm telling you, I am telling you, I am testifying to you that if you want real peace in your life, you have, we have to surrender our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because I know that we want to believe and we want to think that everybody that leaves here is going to heaven, but that's not true. Because if we don't accept Jesus Christ, that's the thing that sends us to hell. It's not that God don't love us. It's that we won't accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. We're all children of God. I mean, we're all creations of God, but we're not all children of God. And I'm, I'm getting ready to prove that to you. I know we say, well, we all God's children. That's not correct. And I'm going to show you here in Romans 8. I'm working my way into this. But my question is, who are who you're listening to and who's leading you? Are you listening to the voice of the Lord? Are you being led by the spirit of the Lord? Are you doing what he wants, or are you just doing what you want? And if you're just doing what you want, it's, it's contrary. That type of lifestyle is hostile towards God. Okay, we're going to go to 
Oh, we're getting ready to go into that now. Romans 8 and 7. I'm reading the NLT. It says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. So when the word of God says you have to forgive, because if you don't forgive, I'm not going to forgive. And you don't forgive. That's a lifestyle that's hostile towards God. Anytime God tells us to do something and we don't want to do it and we allow our sinful nature to dictate to us what to do, what to say, then we're walking in agreement with the devil and we're walking in opposition to God. That's called rebellion. You know, the word of God tells us that he told, God told King Saul, he said, rebellion is equal to the sin of witchcraft. You say, how is this, bro? How's rebellion equal to the sin of witchcraft? Well, I'll tell you, because when we get in rebellion, what we're saying is, God, we exercise our will above God's will. And what we're saying is, God, I don't care what you want. I'm going to do what I want. Now, we all agree and we all believe that God created everybody. Most of us believe in God, right? Okay, so if you believe in God, why do you think that the God who created you, why why wouldn't you think that we need to listen to him so he can tell us what to do. He, after all, isn't that when you have a child, your purpose for having that child, when your child, as a parent, your goal is to train that child up, give that child instructions and tell them which way to go. Because you understand and realize this child is a child. He don't know no better. You know, so I'm going to have to tell him what to do. And that's the same way with us. If God, if God, if we have accepted God, the uh, Jesus, then God is our father. So like a child, he said, you must, we must come to him. Unless we come to him as a child, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Why does God want us to come to him as a child? Because a child knows that he needs his father. He needs a parent. He's not self-reliant. God does not want us to be self-reliant. He wants us to be God-reliant. It's not by might nor by power, says the Lord, but it's by the spirit of the living God, because it's in him and because of him that we live, move and even have our being. This is why we say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because it's his grace that strengthens me. It's his grace that causes me to be sufficient, not within myself, because the very breath that we breathe comes from the God who created us all. So why is it we say we believe God created us, but we don't really understand and know that we need him to live in this earth. The God who created us, we need him to instruct us, to lead us, to guide us and direct us because where we're going to, he's already been through. That's why we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We're more than conquerors. Because Christ has already conquered the enemy. And he said, God, the word of God tells us, he said, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. God wants to direct our path. Isn't that what we as parents want to do? We trying to direct our children's path. We trying to keep them from evil. We trying to keep them from harm. And so one thing that I realized and I understood when I was writing my book, Exposing the Devil Devices, all my books are online at Amazon. So is that when God is telling us to do something, just like our children, they think that you're trying to steal their fun. You're trying to kill their fun. But really what we as parents are trying to do is to protect them from harm. We're trying to protect them from the evil one. So when the Lord tells us stuff, it's not because he's trying to take our fun. He's trying to protect us from the evil one. He's trying to protect us from harm. Can you get that mindset? Can you see God as your father? Because when you see God as your father and you see yourself as a child, you'll understand that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit. I have to ask the question, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to and who's leading you? For those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So acknowledge God in all your ways. How many of you know that love is choice and it's not force and God will not override your will? But if you want to be sitting there stuck in your story, because unforgiveness causes us to be stuck in our story. Rebellion causes us to be stuck in our story. Every time we don't do what God say do, we say, God, forget you. I'm going to do what I want to do. And so what we're doing is we need to rebel against hell, not against God. We need to rebel against what our flesh wants, because the things that our flesh want, how many of you know, is not good for us. The flesh don't want to exercise. The flesh don't want to eat right. The flesh don't want to do nothing right. 
the flesh is not our friend. Okay. It's set on a course of destruction because in the end, it does not lead to life, but it leads to death. But those who are led by the spirit of God, uh, letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. We have to let the spirit control your mind. So how does the spirit control our mind? When we renew our mind to the word of God and we submit our will to the word of God. You know, when Jesus was at the garden of Gethsemane, he didn't want to do it, y'all. He was sitting there, he was praying. He said, Father, let this cup of suffering pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will. He surrendered. He said, nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. Would you allow the God who created you to use you? How many of you know that God used people to speak on his behalf, just like the devil used people to speak on his behalf? How many of you know this? Do you know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? The word tells us in 2 Corinthians 6. If you are born again, the spirit of the living God has come, came to live on the inside of you. And so God is not just for you and God is not just with you, but the spirit of the living God is on the inside of you. Can you get that? I'm just going to sit there and just let it simmer for a second, for a minute, for a moment. That the spirit, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that the spirit of the living God is is living on the inside of you because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What an honor and a privilege. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to see if I can get through this. So by letting the spirit control our mind, it's going to lead to life and peace because we're going to be doing what God wants us to do. Verse 7, Romans 8 and 7, it says, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It's always in rebellion towards God because evil is opposite to good. Evil is opposite to God because God is good. He's not evil. So, so whenever we want to, every time we're doing what our flesh wants, every time, just know that every time um, we're not doing what God wants us to do, we're doing what our flesh wants it to do, and we're doing what the devil asks us to do. So that's not going to lead to life and peace. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. This is what the Bible tells us. It looked like it's right. It makes sense in my natural mind. But the question is, did God tell you to do that? Who's leading you? And what voice are you listening to? I just got to know this. I mean, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about life in the spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. As born again believers, our goal is to be led by the spirit of God. It's to be spirit led and not flesh led. Who's leading you and what voice are you listening to? Okay, so we're going to go on now. The seven. We're going to see if we can get through this. It says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. Mm. So the sinful nature is just set on its own course of destruction. It's saying, God, I don't care what you say. I don't care about what you want. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's a dangerous seat to sit in because that's called this. When you, when we do that and when we say that and we live like that, God, I don't care that you said to forgive. I don't care that if you said, if you don't forgive, if I don't forgive others, you won't forgive me. That don't matter. We are exalting our will above God's will. It's going to hinder every area in our lives. It's going to stop us from going physically, spiritually, financially. And the thing about it is we think that we can compartmentalize. Unforgive. Let me tell you what unforgiveness is pride because pride causes you to look down on others and not allow you to see yourself. And pride keeps us from being able to remember, no, I didn't do what they did, but I did some stuff. So God said, if we don't forgive, he, he won't forgive us or we won't forgive others because for God to forgive us, he has to go against himself. How many of you know that God is love? So he, he does not cooperate with our rebellion. And just because he allows us to do stuff doesn't mean he's in agreement with it. You know, the word of God says, whatever we allow on earth, he'll allow in heaven. And whatever we don't allow on earth, he won't allow in heaven. Love is choice, not force. So God gave us choice. He said, I set before you this day, life, death, blessings or curses. Guess what? You get to choose. Because why is that? Because love is choice and love is not force. So who are you listening to? And what voice is leading you? Are you being led by the Spirit of God? 
or are you being led by what your flesh wants? There's, you know, there's no condemnation because we already know that today is another day that we get to do what God say, right? Because he says the hearer of the word is blessed and not the doer only. How many of you know that the provisions of God is in the will of God? And when we get in the will of God, that's when he's going to grace us to do what he's asked us to do. And, and, and because love is choice and it's not force, we can be doing the wrong thing and, he, and he's still going to let us do it. You know, the children of Israel was in rebellion. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. It's supposed to be an 11 day journey. But even though they was wandering in rebellion because of unbelief, God said they had an evil heart of unbelief. Because how many of you know when we don't believe God, we call him a liar? For without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So I like to tell people to please God is simply to believe God. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. Because when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. I'm just going to sit there one minute, one moment and And um, how many of you know, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many of you know that if you're sitting up and you're telling someone something, they're constantly calling you, oh, you a lie, you a lie. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. That's not going to be pleasing to you either. So to please God is simply to believe God. And to believe God is to act on what he says. That's how you, that's, that's your works. Faith without works is dead. So I show my works by my actions. Um, so we act on what we believe to be true, you guys. Let's come on. The gospel is not complicated. I love it in the simplicity, the simplicity of the gospel. I want to come right down where you are. So even your seven-year-old, five-year-old can understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. So to please God is to believe what he says. Okay. And, and, and the way we can tell that we believe what he says is when we act on what he says. So who are you listening to and who's leading you? Is your If your lifestyle is contrary to who God is and what God says, then you're not following the voice of the shepherd. You say, well, God understands. No, God don't understand. What God understands is that we're not, we're in rebellion and we're not doing what he says. But even though like the children of Israel... Even though they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, he still made sure that their shoes didn't, they did not grow their clothes. They did not grow their shoes. He still made sure that they was fed, but they wasn't in the will of God. They was wandering in the wilderness. They was never able to uh, reach their full potential. They was never able to possess the land. Matter of fact, they died in the circle. So are your, is your life stuck in the circle? Is it stuck in a cycle? Is it stuck in patterns? Are you finding yourself constantly making the same choices? When you find yourself making the same type of choices, you're stuck in the wilderness, just wandering in circles. You say, but I'm making money. (laughs) All money ain't good money. And just because you're making money doesn't mean you're in the will of God. Look at this. Is the lifestyle contrary to what God's word is saying? There's no condemnation because you know we get ready to fix this before this is over. You already know. We're not going to just leave you hanging. You know, we're not here just to talk about the problems, but we're here to talk about the promise and we're here to talk about the solutions to how to fix whatever it is that we're doing or not doing or whatever. You know, it's not fair to tell people not to do stuff and not tell them how to do it. You know, God says God is a God of wisdom. He wants us to know. He said, ask me for wisdom and I'll give it to you. There's no condemnation. So let me finish here. Romans 8 and 8. Okay, so 7 says, the sinful nature is always hostile against God. Our sinful nature, our sinful nature is against God. My flesh wants to do what it wants to do. My flesh does not walk in agreement with what God wants. My flesh, if you cuss me, my flesh want to cuss you. If you slap me, my flesh want to. But if I'm walking in the spirit, that means I am walking in submission to God. That means I've surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, Lord, not my will like Jesus did in the garden. What if he didn't? What if Christ hadn't surrendered his life? We would have had no way back to the father. He didn't want to do it, y'all. Jesus came in the flesh. He came as a human being, a flesh and blood man. He felt the canine tails. He felt it when they beat him and they pierced his side with a spear. He felt it. He felt it. He felt it, y'all, when they put those nails in his hands and they nailed his feet to the cross. He felt that. 
He did it all for you and he did it all for me. And I don't know about you, but he did not die in vain because I accept the gift of eternal life. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's not enough to believe in God because even demons believe and tremble. The question is not, do you believe in God? The question is, do you believe in the Son of God? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because contrary to what everyone wants to believe, everybody that died don't go to heaven. There is a hell. It was originally created for the devil and his demons. Okay, I'm trying to finish here. Okay, Romans 8 and 8. It says that those, that, that that's why, okay, so it says the seven, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Oh my God. What he's saying. When we're living a lifestyle of sin that's contrary, I'm talking about a lifestyle. I'm not talking about falling down and getting back up and saying, God, I'm sorry. That's not what I'm talking about because we all fall down, right? But the Bible said a righteous man will fall down seven times, but he's going to get back up. And he's going to repent because you know why? Because for real, that righteous man, he wants what God wants. Because remember, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But in order to live Christ-like, we got to change our mindset. We got to renew our mind to the Word of God. Remember, it says those who are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they think about things that please God. So look at your mindset, number six. So letting your sinful nature control your mind. Because your body's going to do what the mind tells it to you guys. So if you want to know what you believe, look at what you live in. Look at how you live in. There's no condemnation, but this is how I judge myself. I can tell what I believe by how I live. I can judge my love for God by my obedience to God. Because Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I say? This is a timely message because, you know, uh, the things are lining up. And the end is near. And I I just had to drop in because I wanted to make sure that I know a lot of us, we make sure that we got the life insurance policy. But I want to know, do you have your death insurance policy? Do you got, and I'm not talking about a piece of paper. I'm talking about if, if you, if Jesus Christ came right now, if you died today, which way will you go? Would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you get convicted when you live contrary to like him? Or do you feel nothing when you walk around in your bitterness and your unforgiveness and your heart is hard and you refuse to repent? And when we refuse to repent, what we're saying is, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do. I know somebody that did that. I know somebody that said that. And guess what? They have a reprobate mind. A hardened heart. Every time we say no to God, what we're saying is, God, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's a dangerous seat to sit in. But the good news is, once again, we can ask God to forgive us. Who are we? Let me ask you this question. If you can't forgive them for what they said or did to you, can you at least forgive them for being imperfect just like you? Because I don't know about you, but my blood, I didn't shed blood uh, for anyone's sin. You can sit there in that seat of unforgiveness. But what happens is unforgiveness turns to bitterness. Bitterness turns to hate and hate leads to murder. And guess what happens to the person who refused to forgive? The Bible talks about it. You guys, when you get a chance, listen to my uh, podcast called The Unmerciful Servant. I talk about the story where Jesus tells the story about the one man, how God forgave him, the king forgave him. And then he went, the man who was forgiven went and found someone else who owed him and he wouldn't forgive him. 
And so a tormentor was, was sent to him. How many of you know that when we refuse to forgive, that demons come to torment in our, our mind? This is why we can't sleep. <laughs> yes. Everything that God tells us. So how do you forgive? We forgive by treating people opposite to how they treat us. How many of you know that love overcomes evil? The Bible tells us don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay, I'm going to see if I can finish here. It says that Romans 8 and 8 says that those, that's why those who are still under the control of the sinful nature, they can never please God. When we're living a lifestyle contrary, contrary to the word of God, we can never please God. It's not, it, Hey, hold on, wait a minute. All we got to do is ask God for forgiveness and repent and turn away from it. Okay, today is another good day. That's the good news. The good news is that God forgives us and that we can repent and that godly repentance, it'll work some real, uh, it works, uh, godly sorrow works true repentance. Because how many of you know that repentance is evidence? In, in other words, when we say we sorry, God, we should be able to see that you're sorry. And how do you see when someone is sorry by their actions and their reactions, their lifestyle, their conversations, their behaviors? People say, I, I forgive them, but no, you, but I, I can look, you can look at judge people's behaviors and no, no, they haven't forgiven. I'm not saying just because you forgive someone, you have to sit them at your table. But I talked about that in my other video. You guys go back and listen to it. Shipwreck Relationships Part 2, Loving from a Distance. Because I was talking about when a person is wicked, those are the ones you got to love from a distance. I'm not talking about a person that's acting evil or acting ugly. Because a person that's acting evil and acting ugly is a person who's wounded and hurt. Okay. And you need to pray and ask God to give you wisdom to try to restore that. But a wicked person, they plot and play in your demise. Okay, evil is an attitude, but wicked is a heart condition. Okay, so when a person is being wicked, those are the ones you want to put those wicked spirits away. But if this person is not plotting and planning and your demise, trying to ruin your reputation, you know when someone's acting ugly because maybe you have done something to them. So if a person is hurting, they may act evil. Okay, they may say some evil things, say some mean things because they're hurting. That's different. But when a person is wicked, I've, I've encountered some wicked spirits, y'all. They will sabotage you. They will lie on you. They will try to ruin your ministry. They'll try to ruin your reputation, your character, everything. They go to other people plotting and planning and scheming your demise. That's a wicked spirit. So those wicked spirits, yeah, for, you got to forgive them. Cat, forgive them and keep them away from you. That's a wicked spirit. That's the ones you cut off and love from a distance. But a person who's acting evil, chances are they're hurt and they're broken and they're wounded. You don't cast those people away. Jesus hate a wicked heart, a person who plots and plans and schemes evils. That's one of the seven things he hates. Go back and listen to my last podcast, um, Shipwreck Relationships. Listen to part two, loving them from a distance. But listen to part one and two. And I'll talk about that. I'm not here to talk about that right now. Um, but be careful of the people that you're cutting out because the people that you cut off could, it's a party, could be people that's part of your purpose. Let's not be so quick to do that because every joint supplies a need, okay? So let's, let's not be so quick to cut people off. Know the difference between evil and wicked. If they're wicked, they're plotting and planning and demising. Your, you know, they're plotting and planning and scheming against you. I'm not talking about somebody that's mad at you because they're hurt. I'm talking about somebody that's plotting and planning. Um, King Saul was plotting and planning David demise. He wanted to kill him. Okay, people that wish you dead, they don't mean you no good. But a person that hasn't just acting evil and, and, and hurting, that's something different. Okay, none of neither one of them are acceptable, but I'm, what I'm saying is don't cast the person who's hurting away. But that wicked person, yes. And where there's envy and strife, there's every evil work. So a lot of times, you, what's going to be attached to that wicked spirit is envy, jealous. Be careful of the people that's in your circle. Be careful of the people who want what you want. That's why I won't deal with people that's really envious of me. Because I understand the dangers of an of a envy, envious spirit. I'm not talking about someone who's hurting. I'm talking about a person who's envy, a person who's jealous of you, a person who wishes you dead. 
Okay, so let me get back to here. Okay, but um, Romans 8 and 9, it says, But you are not controlled by the sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Okay, so he said, if. My question to you is, do you have the Spirit of God living inside of you? It's not just enough to believe in God. The Bible says even demons believe and tremble. Okay. The devil knows God is real because he cast him out of heaven. His angels did. He used to be in heaven. Okay, so it's not enough just to believe that God exists. We must also believe that he that He does exist and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How many of you know that God rewards people who diligently seek him? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that you're chasing after. That's probably not even really your purpose or that's perverted your purpose. Because anything that we do that does not glorify God is not for God. And I know that they get up and say, I want to give honor to God. But then when you open your mouth, it has nothing to do with God and it, and it does not bring glory to God. So this is how you know if what you're doing is for God. If you're singing, if you're dancing, if you're writing, whatever it is, whatever you do in word or deed, the Bible says we're to do it as unto the Lord. So in other words, if God, if Christ is not being glorified, then um, that's not, that's not God telling you to do that. It should draw people to the Lord, not to you. He said, I have no other gods before me because God is a jealous God, right? So make sure that whatever we do in word or deed, that we're doing it so God can get the glory. If I'm, you know, um, how do you know if God is getting the glory? Well, does it talk about God? Does it lift God up? Does it say anything? <laughs> Christ said, if I'm lifted up, it's going to draw men unto me, not unto you. Right? We don't want to get into idolatry worship. Okay, but... um. Romans 8 and 9, it says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them, this is where I'm getting ready to get to. And remember, this is Romans 8 and 9, NLT. It says, and remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. King James say, those who have not the spirit of God are none of his. So this is why I say we're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. So now, you know, we don't, that's not true. So let's quit saying that because not everybody's going to heaven. We're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children until we accept his Jesus Christ, his son as, as our Lord and Savior. And not accepting Jesus Christ, that's what's going to send us to hell. Yes, God loves people. God God is love. But that's not going to be enough to quit keep people from going to hell. What's going to cause us to go to hell is if we do not, those who do not accept Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I have my fire insurance. I got my fire insurance. That's why I'm not afraid to die. Because I know that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I know exactly where I'm going when I leave here. My question to you is where will your spirit go when it leaves your body? Now we know that it, the Bible tells us that it's the spirit that give it life, right? So we know this is true because when you go to a funeral, all you see is the empty shell. Why is it that the shell is laying there dormant and dead? Well, because the spirit has left the body. It's the spirit that giveth life. But the question is, where did the spirit go? Did it go to heaven or did it go to hell? It's the spirit. Where will your spirit go when it leaves your body? Here he tells us, he says, those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Or those who have not the spirit of God are none of his. Do you, do, is the Spirit of God living or have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is the Spirit of the living God living on the inside of you? It's not enough to know about God. It's not enough to believe God. My question to you is have you accepted Jesus Christ, the Son of God? For those who have not the Spirit of God, it's not in His. We're going to go to verse 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay, let's go back to 10. And Christ lives in, lives within you. So even though your body will, uh, will be dead, will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life. 
right? The spirit giveth life. What I just finished saying. Because you have been made right with God when we accept Jesus Christ. That's how we're made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of us when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. The same way God raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same way he's going to raise us from the dead. That's that's if we, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're heaven bound. Do you have your fire insurance? My fire insurance is my assurance that I'm not going in the fire. Is because I have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you. I didn't get I didn't give my life to Jesus Christ so I can live the same old wicked evil kind of life. So 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, look, see, all things have become new. When we give our life to Jesus Christ, things should be different. We, you know, our spirit gets saved. Our desires, which what happens is Ezekiel tells us, you know, how many of you know that God gave, did the heart? He is the one that did the first heart transplant. He tells us he takes the stony heart out. He takes the stony heart out and gives us a heart of flesh. I'm going to see if I can find this in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, 26. This is what happens when we become born again. When we accept Jesus Christ and we say, yes, Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. The Bible says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. Um, But this is what happens. You know, God did the first heart transplant. He gave us the first heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, um, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God is saying, I'm going to give you a heart transplant when you accept my son, Jesus Christ. Ezekiel 36, 26. When you accept my son, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to take that stony heart out, that heart that's hostile against me, that heart that doesn't want anything to do with me, that heart that causes us to live a lifestyle contrary to who he is, that evil heart, that heart that's filled with sin, filled with wanting to do the things that it want to do. He said, I want to take that heart out of you and I want to give you a heart of flesh filled with my desires. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he gives us his heart filled with his desires. This is why our desires change. (laughs) People say, something about you, man, is different. Yeah, because I don't want to do the things I used to. I don't want to talk the way I used to talk. I don't go to places I used to go to anymore because I've been changed. Have you been transformed? Have you been born again? Jesus told Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, it's verse John, I think three and three, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can a man enter into his mother's womb a second time? Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Have you been born again of the spirit? Because see, we were born into sin. This is why we must be born again. My prayer is Psalms 51.10. God created us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Give us a heart that's hungry for you, a heart that desires the things of the Lord. Help our desires to become your desires. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says, And I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will remove the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Do you have a stony heart? What's your heart desires? Who are you listening to? And who are you following? You know, uh, the Bible says that the devil is the God of this world. Did y'all know that? The devil is the God of this world. Let me find it here. It says the devil is the God of this world. And he is the father of lies. He wants you to believe that we don't have to accept Jesus Christ, that we can just be good on our own. 
Well, I always tell people who wants to be good on their own, why live a good life on earth and die and go to a burning hell because you didn't accept Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 4 and 4 tells us Satan, who is the God, is the small G of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So if you're listening to this and you're saying, I don't believe that, I just want you to know, devil, we rebuke you and we command you to take the blinders off their eyes right now so that they can see and hear and believe. Because 2 Corinthians 4 4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So if you're having a problem believing, or when you tell people about Christ and they don't believe, this is what's going on. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded their minds. And this is why people don't believe. It's because the devil is keeping them from being able to believe. But I tell you what, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And he'll take the blinders off your eyes so you can see. He'll open your ears so you can hear. For the carnal mind cannot understand the things of God, for they are spiritually discerned. In other words, the natural mind, the the person who does not belong to Christ, cannot understand the things of Christ. It's foolishness to him because his heart does not belong to God. They're spiritually discerned. You can't understand. A natural mind cannot understand spiritual things. Did y'all just hear what I said? The natural mind cannot understand spiritual things. So be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when we get born again, our spirit is saved, but our flesh is not still the same. So the Bible says Satan is the God of this world, and he's the one that blinds people's mind. Okay, and it's also said that the devil is the father of lies. Let's talk about him for a minute. The devil is the father of lies, and he, he, he is a liar. The devil is a liar. You know, I know you think people just say that, but that's really what the Bible says, that the devil is a liar. He is the father of lies. In other words, he gives birth to the lies. He gives birth to lies because he is he is a liar. The devil is the father of lies. And when he wants us to believe that God's word is not true, just know that that's him. Uh, John 8, tells us, he says, and you belong to your father. The devil wants to carry out his, your father's desires. He is a murderer. Let me go back to, um, let me go back to, um, John eight forty three, So we can get the whole message of what he's saying. Let's go back to John eight forty three. John eight forty three. One second. John 843. And let's look at the New King James Version. How about that? Give me one moment. John 843. One minute. Okay, well, let's go to 42. Jesus said to them, if God was your father. Okay, let's go even higher than that, further than that. I'm, I'm asking, who are you listening to? Who, who are you? Who, who's leading you, and who are you listening to? Okay, Jesus said to them, "If you was Abraham's children, you would not do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father." So he was, he was talking to the. Um, the Pharisees and stuff. And they were saying more or less that God, we know Abraham, we are descendants, you know, we're, we're already saved more or less in that, in that, in, uh, in that era, you know, believing that Abraham was your father. But, uh, he said, no, if Abraham was your father. You wouldn't be trying to kill me because Abraham believed, you know, but you are of your father. The reason they wanted to kill Jesus was because they was of their father, the devil. Th- then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Now he said, nah. In other words, uh, now in today's terminology, he said, nah, you're your father, you're of your father, the devil. Because if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, then you're 
then God is not your father. Okay, 42. Jesus said to them, if God was your father, you would love me for I proceed forth and came from God. Nor have I come to myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my words. Why don't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you're not able to listen to what I'm saying because you don't have the spirit of God. 44 says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God, hear God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not from God. Lord Jesus. I got to hurry up because my time is running out. He said, you don't believe what I'm saying is because you're not from God. Because the spirit of truth will let you know what the truth is. I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys, who are you listening to and who are you following? Is God your father? Is God your father? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If not, we're going to pray a prayer. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Father God, we just come before you again today, this day. And you told us in Romans 10, 9 and 10, and we pray, Father. You said if we openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, Father, we believe that Jesus is Lord and that you did raise him from the dead. And we do. You said if we could, we believe in our heart and that we're made right with God. It's with the mouth that we confess. Father, but you said it's with our heart that we believe and that we are saved. So, therefore, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he is the son of God. And we confess it with our mouth. For you said if we confess you before men. You would confess us before the father. But if we deny you before men. You would deny us for the father. So father we ask that you fill us with your spirit. And we thank you for saving us. In Jesus name. Amen. I pray you prayed that prayer. Because what if I'm right and you're wrong. What if there really is a heaven and a hell. I've already showed you in Romans that we're not all God's children. For he who has not the spirit of God is none of his. But if you have said this prayer today, then I would like to say to you, welcome to the family of God. And now if you've accepted Jesus Christ, my prayer is that you will begin to live for Jesus Christ. And as we begin to um, transformation is a process. Sanctification is a process. But as we begin, my prayer is that God will give us a hunger for the word and a desire for the things of God. That we will be so hungry for the word of God that nothing or no one will be able to distract us or to take the place or to fill that space. In Jesus' name, Father. So begin to renew your mind to the word of God. Spend time reading the word and ask God questions. And when you don't understand something, say, Lord, help me to understand. You told me to ask for wisdom. Help me to understand. And Father, I thank you that the spirit of counsel and might will rest and settle upon each and every one that's hearing today. Father, I ask that you protect them, Jesus, for you prayed and you said you knew those that were yours and that the evil one would not be able to pluck them out of your hand. I thank you that the evil one will not be able to pluck those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior out of your hand. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And as you read the word of God, do what it says, because it's the doer of the word that's blessed not the hearer only. Just knowing what he says is not enough. We have to actually do what he say in order to see what he say, in order to see the promise manifest. Know that the promises of God for you, the plans God have for you are good and not evil to bless you, prosper you. And to bring you into great success. God did not create you for failure. He created you for success. But he has the blueprints for his life. And that's why we have to renew our mind to his word. Because to know God's good and acceptable and perfect will. We have to know what his word is. Because God's word is his will. I'm ending it here. You guys, if you'd like to support us, hit the support button. Um, Donate to us on WeCare, W-E-E-C-A-R-E, 1966.us for our nonprofit outreach. And continue to listen to my podcast. Please share this podcast if it has blessed you in any way. And you guys keep looking for the good in your day. 
so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Again, thank you for joining in. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. For our soul must be made whole. Until next time, you guys remember to continue to lean, ask God for wisdom.